Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to Best on the Board. Mike Beller here with you on Tuesday, May 31st. We are taking a look at the MLB action slated for us on this Tuesday, on this episode of Best on Board. Joining me to break it down, Nick Groke. Nick, uh, in addition to being here with us on Best on the Board, covering the Rockies for us at The Athletic. Nick, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, Not a ton. The uh, Memorial Day, they say, is like the start of summer, unofficially. Uh, It's also the marker. I'm just making this up right now. It's also the marker when when baseball uh, is real. Uh-huh. I mean, no more no more easing into the season. Yep. No more like feeling out pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like nitty gritty now. Yep. Teams are who they are. Players are who they are. We can take some stats at face value. We can take some standings at face value. I think this is when all that stuff kicks into gear, especially right, right Memorial Day weekend's behind us. We've had the burgers. We've had the dogs. We've had the potato salad. Now we're ready to get on to the real, as you said, nitty-gritty of the baseball season. And we start with a jam-packed Tuesday slate, our typical 15 and then plus one with the Twins and Tigers getting together for a doubleheader. So baseball action starting about an hour from when you and I are recording this in game one of that Twins-Tigers double dip. We are not touching game one or game two of that series, but we are going to talk about five of the 16 games on the slate for you here today on Best on the Board. And I want to get started with a game that you're actually bringing to us, Nick, but one that I looked at as well. It's White Sox and Blue Jays in Toronto. Lucas Giolito going for the White Sox. Kevin Gosman going for the Blue Jays. So one of the best, probably actually the best pitching matchup that we have available to us. And Nick, you're just not very often going to see a plus 145 next to the White Sox when Lucas Giolito's taking them out. But that is exactly what you are seeing tonight. White Sox plus 145 on the money line. Blue Jays minus 175 on that money line. How do you break down this matchup between these two teams and these two pitchers? Yeah, I like a bunch of underdogs today. And you know, like backing into it, uh, Galsman obviously is one of the better pitchers in baseball. Unbelievable. Um, and this game is in Toronto. I know why the line favors the Jays, but that line is huge. Huge Lu- for a Lucas Giolito start. Lu- Lucas Giolito is a really good pitcher <laughs> in his last three. He's had three good starts in a row. He hasn't given up more than two runs in his last three starts. He's coming off a, um, a seven strikeout. Uh, one run outing against the Red Sox. Uh, I mean, he's pitching really well right now. I, I'm not totally, I, you know, I, maybe somebody knows something, you know, maybe there's a group think out there that says that Lucas Giolito doesn't know how to pitch in Toronto. I don't know why <laughs> that would be the case, but um, it, he, you know, the, the White Sox, A, are a very good team. They're probably not as good as the Blue Jays overall. Um, and Lucas Giolito is a very, very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I It's this, this, game just like screams a whole lot of value um the line is way too favorable for the blue jays and you know if if lucas giolito can keep the game to a one you know even if even if he leaves in a you know trailing 
he's not going to be trailing by a, a bunch of runs. I mean, this this game really kind of, to me, just sort of screams screams White Sox. I they they very easily could steal this game from the Blue Jays outright, um, but even if they have to eke one out, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just I, I really like the White Sox in this game. Yeah, no, uh, no Kendall Graveman uh, for the White Sox. Kendall Graveman is on the, as our colleague here at The Athletic, John Greenberg, put it, uh, doing my own research list. And so he is uh, unavailable to play for the White Sox uh, during this series in Toronto. Um, yeah, the one thing I will say against Lucas Giolito, the walks have really shot up this year, and that's where he's been getting into trouble. That's a, he, he had to work really hard. He, he got in and out of trouble in that start you referenced against Boston, only gave up the one run, but was in trouble that entire series, or that entire entire uh, outing and has a walk rate that's just short of 10% this season. Now the K rate is at 33.3, exactly one third of the batters he has faced this season. He has struck out. And so if you are going to get yourself into trouble with walks, the best way to get yourself out of trouble and minimize the damage is by striking dudes out. And so we've seen a lot of that good from Lucas Giolito. We've seen some of the bad from him as well, but I'm with you. This is just, this is, this is way off. I mean, Gosman's been great. Toronto is better than the White Sox. The White Sox, once again, very banged up, up and down the lineup. Loy Jimenez, Yohan uh, Moncada, they're not going to be out there for the White Sox. So it's it's a team that has had to deal with injuries now for like three years running, and they just can't seem to get the injury luck right for them. But even with all of that going, plus 145 on a Lucas Giolito start, that's just, that's off. That is, that's off, frankly. And maybe we're being tempted to bet this one, Nick. But if I'm going anyway in this, I'm going with the White Sox as great as Kevin Gosman has been this season. The only the only trouble that, that might exist for the White Sox and Lucas Giolito in this game is you know, walks walks are okay if you're not giving up home runs behind mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. Um, and he's not giving up a ton of home runs. I mean, I, I'm sure he would like to have allowed fewer than the six that he's allowed this year uh, in what what is it seven starts? Yep. But that's not bad if you're giving up less than a home run per per outing. You're doing okay as a starting pitcher, um, and you can he, he's the kind of pitcher who can smart his way out of those walks mm-hmm. generally. Um, again, a good team in the Blue Jays. I'm not. Yep. No, there's no dismissing the Blue Jays, but uh, but yeah, the line is way too big. Way too big. We are in agreement there. And that, one thing I, I mentioned, Kendall Graveman being out. If there's a team that can uh, stand to lose an arm for a three game set and be okay in the bullpen, the White Sox are going to be toward the top of that list. So uh, I'm with. I think this is just a, a strange, askew line with Lucas Giolito taking them on for the White Sox tonight. So that's play number one from Nick. Play number one from me is going to go over to Houston and Oakland, where the Astros and A's are kicking off this series. Uh, Christian Javier taking the mound for the Astros. Frankie Montes for the A's. I am looking at the Astros minus half a run. In the first five innings, it's at plus 120. Here's why I went with that. I, I played around with this uh, a bunch because I wanted to get something in on Christian Javier. He has been excellent for the Astros. If this rotation ever gets fully healthy this season, I think Christian Javier has to stick. He started this year in the bullpen, was a great long man for them, has been great in that role ever since making his major league debut for this team. But he's just a starter. He's a starting pitcher. He's got starter stuff. He moved into the rotation when they went to a six-man, having to play 33 games in 34 days. And I think he should stick there even if if and when they get fully healthy. He's just too good. He's been too good this season. And when you look at the up and down of Jake Odorizzi, the up and down of Jose Urquidy, Christian Javier, it, it is it, having him as a long man in the bullpen and a swing man, and maybe he makes a start here, maybe he piggybacks. That's a luxury that this Houston team just shouldn't really be indulging in when he is as good throwing the ball as he is. 
But that's reflected in the lines. You're looking at minus 135 for the full game. You're looking at minus 125 for the uh, first five-inning money line. And it's just like, I don't know, Christian Javier against these A's? I love him in this spot. I feel totally comfortable laying a half run over the first five innings because I don't think Oakland's going to be able to touch him. So this comes down to, can Houston scratch out a couple of runs against Frankie Montas? I think they can. I take the plus money. Anytime I can basically get some way of plus money on Christian Javier against this Oakland lineup, I'm going to take it, and that's the way I find to do it today. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm with you on this one. And w- what's amazing about these Astros, of all the ch- of all the changes they've gone through basically since they've won the World since they won the World Series, um, the controversy that they've gone mm-hmm. through, all, everything. The thing that, that remains consistent about the Astros, they make contact like crazy. Mm-hmm. They're like one of the – they're just always one of the best teams at making contact as hitters. Uh, I think they're like fifth in, the, in baseball right now, which is like on the low end for them. Uh, they regularly lead the league in, in contact rate. And if you're going against a good pitcher like Montas – you you have to put the ball in play. I mean, you just have to get on base and put the ball in play. And that's one thing that they do really well. Like you don't have to, you know, score a bunch of runs with a bunch of home runs against a good pitcher like that. You just have to get on base and let the game play out like that. And you know, if they need, if all they need is a run, basically the first five five innings against him, um, a, a one more run then, yeah, that's the kind of team who can do that against a good pitcher like Montauk. Yeah, you know, obviously anything can happen, uh, but I suspect that it might just be the one run they need with Javier against this Oakland lineup. Let's go to play number two for you, Nick. Another very good pitching matchup taking place in Padres and Cardinals. You've got Blake Snell on the mound for the Padres. Adam Wainwright going to the bump for the Cardinals, the Padres plus 110 on the money line, and the Cardinals sitting at minus 130. Fair lines on both sides. This is not a Giolito getting plus 145 situation, but still a play for you. What do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, and the lines reflect, I think, reflects a little bit that the game's in St. Louis. Adam Wainwright, obviously, is a good pitcher. I'm not, there's no no dismissing the Cardinals. Cardinals are playing really well right yes, now. They are. Uh, no dismissing them at all, but Blake Snell coming coming off an adductor injury, his mm-hmm. you know it's uh, something he's dealt with more than once. Um, they've eased him. Padres have eased him back a little bit. Uh, he'll be making just what his third start, I think, this season. Uh, and but in his last outing, and you know on a pitch count, uh, he struck out seven in five and a thirds against a really good Brewers team. Uh, I Blake Snell is the kind of you know accomplished pitcher that you can kind of rely on you just need to know that he's right and I think he's right they're they're being careful with him but this is the point in his in his comeback from that adductor injury where they can start to let him loose a little bit Mm -hmm. more um you know I don't think he's going to be on as tight a pitch count um now in his in his third start back uh and if that's if that's if that's you know less than one, if what we saw in his last outing against the Brewers was less than one hundred percent, Blake Snell, that's pretty good because mm-hmm. I mean he gave up three runs on three hits, he struck out seven, um, and and again like that was a good Brewers team. There's no reason why he can't. There shouldn't be any reason if he's healthy why he can't duplicate that against the Cardinals. The Cardinals hit lefties pretty well, but they tend to they tend to pick on lefty relievers. They're they're a little less they're they're a little less effective against lefty starters and Blake Snell's one of the better ones. I mean he's a really good pitcher. So I'm I like again like you know for I'm for whatever reason I'm going with dogs today. <laughs> um, you know if, if the if the Padres are going to be a dog, mm-hmm. 
Like this is uh, like I to me that's a pretty good pick. Uh, this is a team that is thirty and eighteen. They're winning at a six twenty five clip. And let me just would you like to hear something remarkable here, Nick? Because this is a team, as I said, winning sixty three percent of its games. Somehow they're three games out of first. That somehow is that they play in the same division as the Dodgers, who are winning at nearly a seventy percent rate right now. And even though the Padres. 30 and 18, 63% of their games this season have turned into victories. They are plus 300 to win their division right now because the Dodgers are the Dodgers and sitting at minus 275. So just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's always like a Sisyphean battle for the Padres and really everyone out West in the National League. Yeah, uh, I mean, we don't have to diverge here, but like, you know, looking at the Rockies there, they they don't have they they don't have one of those record league. They're like three miles out of first place in the West. Yeah. It's like not even close. <laughs> it's just a major bummer in the West for, for a lot of teams. It really is. Well, for and, two of them. And, yeah, yeah, so right. But for David, I, I would say maybe it's even a bigger bummer for the Padres and the Giants. Like at least the the, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks sort of knew what the, sto- the story was for this 2022 season. Padres are sitting yeah. there like, shit, we're already looking at a wild card series and we're playing awesome. Yeah, it's a bummer. And you can see, you talk about it's a long season and there's plenty more. But yeah, but you're it's a long season of looking up at the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's on the other side of this game. The Cardinals are, are plus two fifty to win the National League Central. The Brewers minus four hundred, and and that reflects where the standings are right now for sure. And that the Brewers are a very good team, but they're going to be without Freddie Peralta for a while. Brandon Woodruff just hit the IL two, and he just has not looked right this season. Cardinals at plus two fifty. This could be an interesting time to get in on them, a team that uh, is playing really well, playing probably at about uh, the best expectations you could have had for them this season. Paul Goldschmidt having another excellent year. So Cardinals plus 250, maybe a little bit interesting in the National League Central. The National League Central is where we find my second play of the day as well. Not quite uh, at the level of the Cardinals. The Chicago Cubs hosting the Milwaukee Brewers uh, in the third game already of their series with a doubleheader taking place on Monday. The Brewers swept that doubleheader, and now we go into the third game of the series on Tuesday. It is Justin Steele for the Cubs and Eric Lauer for the Brewers. I'm going with the under in this game. It is nine and a half runs, and I am absolutely Nick tempting fate in this game. I live about, I don't know, four miles or so from Chicago or from uh, from Wrigley Field, and it is hot here today. We are already up into the uh, high 80s. It is going to be hot when the first pitch is thrown. The wind is going to be blowing out 10 to 15 miles per hour at Wrigley, and that is usually a recipe for high-scoring games, but there are a few things I like about this staying under. First of all, nine and a half runs, that's a lot of runs. That gives us a little bit of breathing room. It comes in at minus 105 on that play, so we do have that breathing room. We do get a little bit less juice. Justin Steele really got roughed up his last time out, but he's been mostly good for the Cubs this season, and the Brewers, dreadful against left-handed pitching this year. Meanwhile, Eric Lauer has just been excellent. He's basically been filling the Brandon Woodruff production role in Milwaukee's rotation this season. And this is a team, this Milwaukee organization, you look at what they've done with their bullpen, with Woodruff, with Corbin Burns, with Freddie Peralta. This is a team that we should trust the pitching infrastructure. And so I think you forget about who Eric Lauer was in San Diego and you take what you're seeing from him this year, mostly at face value. Cubs are dealing dealing, excuse me, with plenty of injuries of their own. So even though the hitting environment seems like it should be very good in Chicago, I think what these teams are, who they're matching up against, is going to make it a little bit more of a pitcher's game. So I, I you know, I'm not saying this is a one nothing game. I think we can find way to stay under nine and a half runs, though. That's what I like in this one. 
Yeah, uh, I gotta disagree. I think. <laughs> I mean, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, the, the, what's weird, you know, the Cubs are not a very good baseball team. No, they are. Uh, but they score runs. I mean, I think they rank 12th in baseball in runs scored, and the and the Brewers are somewhere in the top 10. I think seventh or eighth. Uh, I mean, these teams can score runs. Uh, if we're talking a, a purely about runs, and you know, clearly this game favors the Brewers in in, in all kinds of different ways, uh, but. I mean these. I mean these teams can score runs. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think I would maybe stay away from this game personally. No yeah, offense, yeah, but uh, no, hey, nothing wrong with um, that. But you know, the, the you know when we see, especially when we see like interdivisional games uh, like this, for you get so familiar um, with with the matchup, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- these teams, you know, teams see each other so often until we realign next year or until they realign, I'm not realigning. <laughs> um, but uh, until baseball realigns this year, you just see, t- you see these teams so often um, from spring training into the season, you get so familiar and it's like, there's no more, you know, guessing like, is this, is he going to do this? And does he know that I'm going to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, none of the, none of the cat and mouse. And it's really just who, you know, if you're playing really well that day, um, uh, it's that's a, it's a tough one. You know, hot Wrigley, yep. interdivision, couple of teams who can score runs. I mean, you're I, you're jabbing, you're you're poking Patrick Wisdom in the ribs with this pick <laughs> under, but it's a tough one. It is, it is, and the Cubs have one of those like just bizarre weeks. They have another doubleheader, and they're playing St. Louis in what was already a four game series. So this week, the Cubs are going to play nine games against the Brewers and Cardinals, and so I mean they won't you know I'll barely see them more than that all of next year, but just this week alone, nine games against Milwaukee and St. Louis for the Cubs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Nick, wrap us up with your final play of the day. Angels and Yankees. Noah Syndergaard for the Angels. Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees in this one. Again, another dog for you with the Angels sitting at plus 115. What do you like about the Angels in this matchup? Yeah, uh, one more underdog for underdog day. Yeah, they're not enormous underdogs, but uh, Noah Syndergaard is returning to New York, I yes. think, for the first time. I think so, too, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not pitching against the Mets, but uh, he will be pitching in New York for the first time um, since he landed with the Angels. Uh, he's coming off an eight-inning outing against against the Rangers. He's pitched his last two games against the Rangers. Uh, one was very bad. He only he, he got bounced in the first inning. But the next, he came back and threw eight innings um, with just a run, uh, struck out five, didn't walk any. He got himself right right away after a bad start against the Rangers. The, I, he's a good pitcher. He's going to be amped in New York. Uh, the, the Yankees obviously are a good team. I'm not, you know, there's no, there's no real picking against, mm-hmm. you know, right. do pick against the Yankees at this point. But um, I just, you know, with, with the line, like, you know, making the angels a dog like that, I just, there's, I think there's a fun play here to go, to go with the underdog. 
Um, especially with no center guard on the mound. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like it. I like it a lot, and I love Underdog Day. It's uh, Every bet that we have is at least uh, the, the juice is uh, with us uh, in, in that we're paying less of it, and plus odds on four of the five plays we recommend on this episode of Best on the Board. That is going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Nick, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. Talk to you soon. Later. Later.